podcast time. Good morning, grab your friends. We'll talk about fairy days and lands. Met the man and names a woman. The fun will never end. It's podcast time. Welcome to Oh My Glob and Adventure Time podcast. I'm Amy. My name is Matthew. <laughs> and here we are talking about Adventure Time and all the world about it. Um, oh, yes. We have a Fiona and Cake takeover. We're covering this through the series. And then don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. We will get back to OGAT. Yeah, we've had one or two people worry that, oh, if you're covering Fiona and Cake, does that mean you're done with Adventure Time? No, we're just, while the show is going, we're going to cover Fiona and Cake, the 10 episodes that are airing. Yes. And then we're going to get on to season six of Adventure Time. Which we can't wait. We were just talking about it. We took an evening walk and we we're just like, oh, can't wait to get to OT, AT. Mm hmm. OG, AT. Yep, yep. OGAT. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm enjoying View and Cake. And yeah. I'm also excited to get back to Adventure Time. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yep. We have two wonderful episodes. I literally, literally cannot wait. To talk about the first episode. Yeah. So one of our listeners reached out to us uh, right after this episode aired and said, "This it seems like this episode is like tailor-made for you guys. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that could mean. And then I watched it. And I was like, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure the Adventure Time gods were like, here, Amy and Matt, you need, you need something deliciously awesome and amazing in your life right now. Here's a gift. And this gift is radical. Yep. Yep. And you know what? Um, I'm just going to say in advance, and it's not just because of the uh, references to one of our favorite Adventure Time episodes, but just because of the amount of fun I had watching it. I think episode three of Fiona Cake is probably my favorite so far. 100%. And yeah. it's funny because I'm pretty sure it has like the lowest ratings. <laughs> <laughs> so that tracks that with seems, us. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to always be the case where it's like, oh, we love this episode. What? It has like a 5.1? Oh, wow. Because <laughs> the world just wasn't ready for it yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Uh, before we get to the episodes, though, we thought it was uh, we wanted to spill the tea on some things. Oh yeah. Um. So Matt was looking at IMDb, and he loves to look at like like the ratings. Yeah, I I have this fun <laughs> habit of a uh, fun I air like, quotes. I like reading FYI. if there's something that's like universally liked i like to everything find, he does this with everything i like to list um reviews by the lowest rating and find like the most ridiculous reasons for people hating on something yeah and so yeah so if you want to do this no no you got it so somebody left a one star review for fiona cake one out of ten by the way because they didn't like the way fiona is spelled yes yeah, yeah. they took personal offense to the 2N version versus yeah. a 1N version of Fiona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was wild. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Justin Roiland has been recast for Lemon Grab. We heard the first version of this in the second episode that we'll cover today. Yes. Uh, which, the I don't know, like, I think they did fine. Sound I think... Like, uh, sounded Lemon Grabby enough. The... Like the edge wasn't on the voice. Yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I could tell it wasn't Justin Roiland's voice, but you know, it's still a good lemon grab. Yeah. Just not like I could instantly tell it wasn't Justin Roiland. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And if you want to know more about that, I mean, he's being recast in Rick and Morty um, for outside uh, legal reasons that he's, you know, been facing. And even though, you know, he may have not been charged with anything, I think people are taking their distance from him right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So lots of great things. It's kind of weird for us. We were talking about this last night. Um, this is late because uh, Matt got the sick and uh, was under the weather. So this is the first day we had available chunk of time that we could cover cover the episode. Yeah. So, you know, we it's just really interesting covering a show in real time. As opposed to like when we're doing Adventure Time, it's kind of like we can be leisurely and take our time, even though our fans hate it. Sorry, we love you, but life. And but this we feel like really urgent to get done, like in a timely manner. Yeah, absolutely. It's like with, with regular Adventure Time, it's like the series has been over for years now. So it's like, yeah, we miss a week. It's whatever. We can come back to it next week. With Fiona and Cake, it's like, oh, these episodes are airing weekly and it's two episodes per week. Yeah. So it's like, since we fell behind on this last one, now we have to play catch up to get ready for the next one. And on top of that, we have our episode 100 to record this week. Yeah. So, so we're going to have like three, three episodes, episodes to record <laughs> <laughs> over the next 
less than a week. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was just going to say, episode 100, it's going to be our ranking episode. And, and, our, and, and our a musical episode, right? Yeah, it's going to be our, our probably longest episode ever. And we're going to have our friend of the pod, Hunter, on, who always does these incredible rankings every season. And we love it. And it's amazing. And so uh, he will be joining us for an episode. Yes. And he already let me know that his rankings are going to be very different from ours. Oh, yeah. I'm based sure. Based on what he knows about it. Our opinions on episodes of season five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And season five is a doozy. It is. It's nuts. Looking back at it, realizing what some of the episodes were. I, so I'm listening. I'm still working on listening back on all of our episodes from the season. I had to go for like to just like jumping to the ends to hear our ultimate like, oh, so what do you think about this episode? And I'm just like, OK, going from there, taking notes. I was doing that until like two o'clock last night. You know what, Matt? You are a gem. Thank you. Thank you for doing that for the uh, for the pod. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. We also, it's it's Wednesday morning, so it's our Dunkin' Donuts. So you might hear a little clinking of us drinking our, our Dunks, our Caramel Craze Signature Latte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, should we get to the show? Let's do it. All right. So the first episode we have is Cake the Cat, IMDb 8.6, overall number uh, episode 3. It is directed by Ryan Shannon, written and storyboarded by Hannah Nystrom, Anna Silver-Syvertson, hmm. Jacob Winkler. I wonder if he's ma- married. <laughs> uh, married to Henry Winkler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haiwan Lee and Nicole Rodriguez. Original air date, September 7th, 2023. Matt, just so you know the math on that one, it was just a few days ago. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the title card is Cake the Cat, written in... Like, how do you like want to Kel- like Kel- Celtic. Celticish? Yeah, where it's like a really large. No, it's like you know how like in the Puritan like writings they'd have like the really large lettering with it's all like decorative and sh- like stuff. Art Nouveau. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I noticed the title cards in the show are mainly text based so far. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, d- very different from uh, ET, and it's interesting that. I didn't recognize like a single writer's name for this episode because this feels the most like an old Adventure Time episode of anything so far. I know it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched this episode. Tw- well, Matt watched it three times. I watched, I watched it, it twice, and both times it just it was just great. Yeah, it was just. And also, there's just so much in 30 minutes, like packed in. Yeah, it's wild. I felt like this episode had more in it than the next episode did. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, the, the next one because the next one is very like contained, like, yeah. uh, like mostly one location. Yeah, and this one's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. All right, so in a floating temple, Finn and Jake are running inside a mysterious temple, avoiding Whoops. arrows. <laughs> That's shot what at them. I write the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have proofread this. That's fine. Jake's back is morphed into an, a basket carrying an egg. Uh, he's like, they really don't want anyone taking this egg. The egg forms a face and says, I'm not an egg. I'm just out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> as they, and I couldn't relate to it more. Um, as they're about to exit, a giant chicken with multiple eyes flies in. Finn and Jake form the Jake suit and violently cut off the giant chicken's head and follow it up with the AT fist bump. Yeah. And then we find Prismo is watching from the time room. Uh, he hears a beeping sound on his remote. So he turns up his TV wall to drown it out. Uh, meanwhile, Finn and Jake see Cockatikes tikes on copter trikes. That's so hard to say. It's like these <laughs> villains that are flying on on tricycles. Yeah. So they attack them, and then title card. Then we pick up where uh, episode one left off with Fiona chasing Cake as Cake jumps into the blue portal and an ice cream stand. So Fiona freaks out and digs through the stand, saying Cake's name. The ice cream vendor says she doesn't sell cake; she sells ice cream. And the vendor was a human version of Marceline. Oh yeah. Yeah, did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Fiona kicks the vendor in the stomach, apologizes, and continues to search for Cake. Back in Ooh, Simon finds Cake in his house. He's confused why he's still in his house and asks Cake if she's the portal. She meows in response. So then Simon gives her the universal translator he took off the dog in the previous episode. He's then surprised to hear her call out for Fiona in a male dog voice, possibly a reference to the Lady Rainicorn's, like, Old man voice. Uh, Come on, darling, wrap your legs around me. Yep, that one. (laughs) 
As she runs around and jumps on top of some boxes, Simon realizes that the cat is Cake from IK's story and asks, asks how she got there. So Cake says that she heard a song and followed it. Uh, she hums the tune and Simon grabs her asking, where did you hear that? So Cake scratches Simon's face and runs to the door, scratching on it in true cat form. She then runs around and knocks over Choose Goose's cage and runs into the little area where the Golb statue is. Outside, Astrid, the little girl from um, uh, the previous episode, still dressed like Fiona, knocks on Simon's door asking for her book back. As soon as the door opens, Cake books it. Astrid points out that his cat looks just like Cake. Cake runs around uptown looking for Fiona. She sees someone thinking it's Fiona, but it looks more like an alien from like Rick and Morty kind of thing with like weird stuff on the face and yeah, it's garbly. Like and, the anyway. trunk people. <laughs> yeah. Cake keeps running and a Minerva bot notices asking if she's lost. Cake runs some more and falls off the human island into Ooh. It's so funny. Like she yeah. just like hops over this one thing and it's like, ah! Yeah, and you see her falling and like the tears forming that, you know, like, Anyway, yep. uh, during her descent, we get a view of the Candy Kingdom and a really jacked up looking Ice Kingdom. After landing in a forest, Cake hides inside a tree. And this is where my heart was filled with joy. It's my like... heart, my heart grew <laughs> 10 times too big. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so Cake wakes up the next morning and takes in all the craziness around her. It's just, like, as, as soon as she starts looking, it's like just one crazy scene after another. Yeah. There's all sorts of weird stuff. So... She's pouncing on a squirrel, pushing a wagon of apples, and she's about to claw it until she sees the ice thing uh, laughing as he flies to the ice kingdom. So Cake is drawn to the kingdom. Uh, before she leaves, the squirrel apologizes for running into her and asks, do you want to exchange information? <laughs> <laughs> After hearing Cake's raspy voice, he adjusts the translator until he gets the cat setting, which feels right to her. So this squirrel, honey, do you want to give some background on the squirrel for anybody who's not familiar? If you're not familiar from season five, the squirrel is um, our buddy from Up a Tree, and he is voiced by Mark Marin and just a gem. He is very literal. He does a yes and no, and he was cap like captive in this tree by a gang, if you will, other animals led by this owl. And they would be like, in the tree, part of the tree. Yeah, they're almost like a cult. Yeah, it's wild. And Finn helped him escape. And it was awesome. Yeah, it's we absolutely adore that episode. And we probably quote this character on an almost daily basis. Uh-huh, 100%. So Cake, sounding like her real self, is super happy, saying she never said that she want, uh, never said what she wants before. Usually I just meow and my human puts food in my bowl or cleans my poop. The squirrel says a two-way communication is great. You can debate people, respectfully disagree, agree to disagree. You can even sell things. I sell apples. <laughs> I love that he has like a life now. Yeah, he has and a he, job. He's found he's found his true self. He, he's, he found his calling. <clears throat> Literally yeah. his calling. Like somebody told him, this is going to be your job now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Cake takes a bite out of one of the apples and it causes her to shrink a la... Up a tree. Well, up a tree. And then also, uh, I was thinking Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even make sense. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> your life together. Um, the squirrel suddenly remembers that the apples are cursed. Before Kate can claw at him, the squirrel says, hey, there's a magic enlarging strawberries that can uncurse her if it goes with them to the market. So she agrees to go with them. Back in Fiona's world, Fiona is still looking for Kate and finds Ellis P. with Marshall Lee sharing a bottle of wine at the statue of Betty Groff. Fiona says thanks to them. She's been searching for hours. She swipes the bottle and chugs some wine. So LSP says Cake couldn't have gotten far with her stubby little legs. So Fiona tells them uh, that while it sounds nuts, she swears she saw Cake jump into a sparkly blue portal in an ice cream cart. Marshall Lee agrees. It sounds nuts. But LSP tells her not to doubt herself and listen to her guts. He plays with his guts and tells her to look into the sparkly blue portal. He and Marshall Lee fall asleep instantly. So weird. Yeah, like, boom, just like a switch that yeah. is out. Fiona pushes on because Cake needs me. Back in Ooh, Cake tells the squirrel that she doesn't need Fiona. And she actually kind of likes being on her own. The squirrel asks if Fiona is family. Cake says she's more like a bossy roommate. Yeah. So the squirrel says his ex-roommates were bossy too. And that he wasn't allowed to do anything before he left the tree. So Cake wants to make her own decisions. So the squirrel wonders what she wants to do. 
Not farming for cursed apples, though. That's my thing. <laughs> so uh, Kate doesn't know yet, but she'll figure it out once she gets to the sparkly blue place. Till then, she's going to follow her instincts. A big, big log blocks their path in the woods. Kate's instincts tell her that something is off. The squirrel's, quote, ex-roommate show up to try and kidnap him for the umpteenth time. And they look Rock. Yeah, they're all jacked up. Yeah. Like one of them's like missing his eyes. Some of them have like robotic parts now. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And it's like all the same, all the same like characters. They just have like the test of time. The owl is wearing like a gold wristwatch for some reason. <laughs> <It is. laughs> like, He's got like a switchblade. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> the squirrel says, these are my second roommates I told you about. Um, their squirrel refuses to go with them and tries riding off in his cart, which instantly collapses. It's so funny. Yeah. They like are going to attack the squirrel and cake throws down. She's like, uh, no. And eventually she like scratches faces and gets poked by the porcupine. Um, the owl calls retreat and they all run away. The squirrel thanks her for saving him and declares that they are best friends. Cake is like, nah, man. <laughs> she just doesn't like bullies. So they continue their journey to the market. You know, if, if I lived in Ooh, I feel like I'd, I'd be besties with the squirrel. I yeah, think he's dude. an awesome guy. He, except he for is. the cursed apples. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like this episode showcases for the first time Cake and Fiona's fighting spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In this in this series. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so they arrive at the market and Cake loves how shiny everything is. The squirrel takes her to his stand and tells his boss that uh, he ran into some trouble, but Cake saved his bacon. So the boss says, fruit's free for heroes, but looks angry while he's saying it. It's like this boss keeps saying like nice things, but like yeah. slamming their fist down on the counter. His affect does not match his tone. No. Uh, so Cake asks for strawberries, so she gets one and takes a bite, making her grow huge. The squirrel gives her a cursed apple to even it out, but then she's tiny again. Cake tries different fruits, changing to different sizes as the squirrel rambles about his job, saying... <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite. The apple trading life isn't always as glamorous as I make it out to be. Am I good at pretending it is? Yes. Is it healthy? No. <laughs> Cake eventually gets back to regular size and decides to head off to the blue sparkly palace, leaving the poor squirrel depressed. Walking through the market, Cake stops at someone playing guitar. Thrilled with the newfound control of her voice, she follows the tune of the guitar and sings a song about how she thinks she likes his new place. Back to Upton, Simon uh, revives Choose Goose with a defibrillator. Choose Goose says, my, my, you care so much if I live or die. I made you read off a Choose Goose line. Yep, I know. <laughs> I made sure you got that. <laughs> Simon tells that there's nothing more than a spell battery. Choose Goose reveals that he knows that Simon is thinking about a girl and her cat. Simon duct tapes his mouth shut and says that this time he won't think about Fiona and Cake. Meanwhile, Cake is still singing, not realizing her cat instincts are making her basically rip the town market apart, including some poor little pillow person she tore in half. Yeah. Also, while she touches a hot dog night, it turns non-magical. It just I don't turns know what into that's like a regular. About. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's going to come back at some point. Yeah. So as the angry crowd starts to close in on Cake, the squirrel shows up to the rescue, throwing her a magic strawberry. He overshoots it, and it splats on the ground. And he's like, "Well, I'm out of ideas." And he takes off. So the crowd grabs Cake as she screams for Fiona. In the wee hours of the morning, an exhausted Fiona puts up signs asking if anyone has seen a blue sparkly portal. She falls asleep on her feet but wakes up when she hears Gary Prince jingling his key to unlock the bakery. After Gary says he's got to get started on the morning dough, Fiona asks if he's seen cakes and she ran away yesterday, possibly into this portal. So Gary feels bad and asks if there's anything he can do. Fiona's like a frozen triple shot latte would be nice. So inside the bakery, Fiona immediately plops her head down on the counter, and she's in rough shape. And Gary says that she should take a nap, but she's like, no, nah, I'm good. So he gives her the latte saying he's going to go get the bakery going, and then he's going to help her scour the city. What a, what a swell guy. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. rad. Back in Ooh, man, this synopsis is really long. It is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I thought I shortened it, but it, it looks, it's still pretty long. A lot happened in this episode, though. Yeah, and there's a lot of jumping back and forth between three different groups. Like, yeah. Because you have, like, the uh, Fiona stuff, the cake stuff, and the Ice King stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, Simon, Simon stuff. stuff. Yeah. So back in Ooh, Simon is performing the passage ritual. We cut to Fiona getting a brain freeze, and she yells at Gary for too much ice. She then sees sparkles in her drink and makes the connection that there's something about ice and all the weirdness with cake. A close-by refrigerator 
starts to sparkle too, revealing a portal inside. Fiona goes through and exits through the back of Simon Heads, just like Cake did, landing her in Ooh. She's like, it was a portal to an apartment? The portal in Simon's head closes, and after seeing his glasses gleam, Fiona recognizes Simon as Ice Prince from her dreams. So knowing this portal was his last chance to see Betty again, Simon freaks out about Choose Goose manifesting Fiona through the portal instead. So he goes from enraged to heartbroken, and he's just kind of like yeah. curled up in fetal position on the floor with Choose Goose. So feeling awkward and probably confused, Fiona lifts the garage door open, leaving the apartment and Simon behind. Fiona takes in the view of Upton, amazed that she's in a whole other world. She then sees Astrid and asks if she's seen her cat. Astrid's like, is it cute? I saw a real cute yellow one yesterday. It looked just like Cake from my favorite book series. She points out a picture of Cake on her copy of Fiona and Cake fan fiction. And Fiona's like, hey, that's her. And Astrid sees Fiona's name tag, guessing that she's an F and C fan, too. <laughs> so she then asks Fiona if she uh, has anything that belongs to Cake, claiming a device on Astrid's wit uh, wrist can find her. So all Fiona's carrying is some clumps of Cake's hair on her work uniform. So Astrid <laughs> takes a clump and scans it with her device. It emits a tracking beam pointing to Cake's location and the two take off. Fiona and Astrid zoom through town on the futuristic bike. Astrid rides on Fiona screaming, holy schmauza! Yay! That was awesome. Fiona introduces herself and Astrid is like, Fiona, that's method. Clearly <laughs> thinking it's super dedicated cosplay or something. Astrid says Fiona is missing something though and hands her the iconic hat. Oh, the two, oh my yeah. gosh, the next episode, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the two arrive to the market to find cake in a, a beheading block being pelted with veggies and fruit. Fiona grabs a little wooden guy and smashes the block and cake's like, dude, just pull the pin. Fiona is obviously shocked that cake can talk and oh my God, this is one of my top three fantasies. I love that line. Yeah. So Fiona pulls the pin, freeing cake. Uh, they get in a nice hug. The peanut gallery isn't having it though. Boo, no happy reunion for the criminal. So as the crowd closes in, Fiona grabs a pole and fights them off, shouting, I kick ass. So watching in awe, Astrid realizes that the duo are, are the real fitting cake, Fiona and cake. Wow. And asks if they can go on an adventure together. Fiona chuckles and starts to answer. But she and cake are beamed out of ooh. And understandably bummed out, Astrid exclaims, aw, my hat. And that's the end of the episode. Whew, <sighs> that was a doozy. That was a doozy. So what do you think of episode three? Oh my gosh, my heart is full. Like seriously, it was so... So wild. So many thoughts. So, yeah. What about you, first off? Like, well, what are your thoughts? Well, so far, like, I'm I'm loving the overall story of the show for the most part. But it was so nice having an episode that's just fun again. Like, yeah. Uh, the, mm -hmm. There's been some heavier themes in the show and stuff like that, which I appreciate. I actually really loved episodes one and two. Uh, this is the first one that really brought the fun back for me, though. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Agreed. I was kind of bummed out by the first two, and I was like, uh, is this how the whole series is going to go? Because if it is, I don't know if I can be on board with this. I love Fiona Cake. Um, every episode that we've covered of FNC, I have like literally been, I was like, oh, I want more. I want more. And I think that the, I think that the writers did a good job of creating, you know, that dichotomy. And we talked about this last time of like, hey, we need to show like how miserable these people are. Yeah. And then be able to show like, the the other side of it and this is just really it was really fun absolutely i love seeing like the evolution of the characters of fiona and cake so far becoming the iconic fiona and cake because they aren't yeah. quite there yet like cake can talk now but she's not like magical really and no not at all not at all she's just a regular cat who yep. can talk now yeah so it's really i was like huh that's interesting okay so let's go back to the beginning the callback to the Jake suit is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I also find it fascinating that Prisma is rewatching different memories of Finn and Jake. Yeah. Um, because we know that Jake currently has deceased and Prisma looks rough. Like he looks, does not look well. Yeah. He's not having good days. It's, no. That's another character that we're, we're picking up um, when they're not in, in like the best point of their life. Like, and that's, that's been the case for a lot of characters in the show. Yeah. Yeah, I it's, love how burly Finn looks at the beginning. No kidding, it's <laughs> he's like wild. It's cool seeing like all these different ages of Finn, like mm -hmm. b between this and like distant lands, and it's it's really interesting. You know, 
I find it interesting that Fiona is not just a male version, like a gender bent version of Finn. Oh, yeah. They're really shaping her out of her own self. Like she does things that Finn would wouldn't have done, you know, which I find really interesting. And I think that's good writing. And I think that Finn is her own unique self. Um, And and I think we understand more of that later. But like, it's just kind of cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And she has completely become her own character in the show, and I mm-hmm. really appreciate that. The show in general, for the most part, like feels like it has its own identity. Yeah. And it's not just like a gender-bent adventure time. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's really fascinating. When Cake is singing, she's like basically destroying the the whole little market area. Yeah. And you know what's so funny is like... When you have singing montages and that's happening, usually everyone's like, yeah, this is really cool. Let's go along with it. You know, and it's like, oh, it's okay. You know, like we see that trope and and so many different things. But in this one, they're like, everyone's pissed off because she's like scratching things, kicking things over, (laughs) turning hot dog uh, person 72 into a real hot dog wiener. Like it's just so funny because... you know, you just see like, oh, no, this is the reality. People would really be pissed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, and like it took a minute for that to click for me. I was like, oh, wait, she's like destroying this place. Like yeah. while she's like hopping around and dancing and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, so it's like a real cat. Yeah. And that when they're being playful, they're actually just being destructive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, When she it, it, I think it's when she falls off the side of the human world, she lands on her feet. Mm-hmm. And then. The next morning, I remember her looking up in the sky and going, nah. Um, yeah. That's exactly like the squirrel did in season five. Oh, no, that was like the first like little hint that they were going to be doing uh, up a tree references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this episode, Cake is like a teenager that's like, I don't need help from an adult and da 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 But then it's like really at the end, you know, you see how. Once the chips are down, she's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I do need help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think in the market, the name of the stalls were really funny, like OK Portraits. Uh, yeah, OK Portraits. That would be my stall. Please the fish, my neighbor's things. It was really, it was really uh, cool. So when Astrid, it's like, Fiona, you're an FNC fan. Mm-hmm. So Supernatural did an episode of the books that were being written about them by the, I don't know. Anyway, and like how they walk into this whole fan club for them, but they don't re- realize they're Dean and Sam. Yeah. It, it, it's like a total people think that they're fictional characters. Yeah. 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 It's uh, totally cool like that. Anyway, I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. Yeah. I've, I got the same thing from this too. And there was also an episode of Supernatural where um, it's like a follow up to that one where this girl is like writing a play based on yeah. Dean and Sam. That, I really love that episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Anyway, I really liked this episode. I thought it was great. This got me excited to watch more. Yeah. So many. There are so many great lines in this in this episode. Yeah. This one was just so energetic. Yeah. Yeah. But rewatching it, I was like, I was like, that's right. I was like, because you had like all this, like Cake's own adventure happening in this one with the squirrel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also had the stuff with Fiona back in, in the real world or uh, back in her world. That I was like, oh, yeah, this is this stuff's all in the same episode. Huh? And then I remember, like, that's right. We're not doing just 11 minute segments like yeah. we did with Adventure Time. So yeah. it's like there's so much story packed into 20 something minutes. A lot of story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was there anything that stood out to you? Well, of course, you know, like uh, it not just references to Up a Tree, but it being like a good continuation of that story. Mm-hmm. Like seeing where the characters are now. Like, yeah, it's, like, I like seeing that the squirrel has like a job now and stuff like that. Yeah. He's not the happiest guy in, in the world, but he's he's content. Uh huh. Um, and then seeing like his jacked up, quote unquote, ex roommates. Yeah. Um, but also like I liked Fiona's little adventure. Uh, sorry, Cake's little adventure on this one. I really appreciated seeing Fiona's dedication to finding Cake. Mm hmm. I, I feel like all the characters had some good moments in this one. Mm-hmm. Simon, I'm ready to see. He still kind of has that that lack of purpose here. Like, sure, yeah. And it, he he seems really bummed out, and I I I want to see good things happen for Simon at some point. Yeah, and I and that just continues to go downhill. For oh a yeah, hot like minute. massively. Yeah. 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 What was your favorite line? Favorite line was this: "Apple trading life isn't always as glamorous as I make it out to be. Am I good at pretending it is? Yes. Is it healthy? No. The squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite line? Kitten, are you gonna make trouble? That's the owl. Yeah, then he pulls out the switchblade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to give me an impression of a character? Yeah. 
right on. Your voice, your choice, the squirrel. Yeah. And he's like, so the little voice thing has like a little modulator on it that can change it to different types. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to slow it down and see what some of the different types were, but I, I didn't. Yeah. What about you? What's your impression? You're coming back with us, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> The, the owl. owl. I love it. <laughs> I was going to do this girl, but I was like, oh, I got to do the owl. That's so good. After so, those, so good. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going down a rabbit hole. Uh, all right. Well, we got some trivia. Kick it. It's trivia time. Trivia. The temple in which Finn and Jake appear in the tweaked redesigned version of Birdman's Temple from the scrapped season one episode, The Helmet of Thorogon. Scrapped season one episode? Yeah. Okay, I'm curious about that. So uh, the squirrel returns for the first time as a major character since his introduction and up a tree. Matt was t- saying how he was like, this, they really missed an opportunity to make him part of the original gang. <laughs> like, what? What, do you, what would he be? He, yeah, he be... would have, like, nothing to contribute. I know. He'd be like, what, Neptor? Like, oh, I got you guys caught again. <laughs> like, like would he would he live in the in the the with all the dungeon gold, too, and never be seen again? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> and how would he realize his life as an apple cart? Yeah, well, and why would he ever live in a treehouse with them right. after being trapped in a tree, tree- for so long? <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't really like this idea. (laughs) (laughs) This episode shows a a version of Jake that is still alive. Jake is absent from Distant Lands episode Obsidian and the previous episode in the series with dialogue in the later heavily implying that he is deceased. They, yeah. Likewise, Finn is seen with the same tattoo of Jake, only his hair and beard are shorter and have a lighter tone of yellow. Yes. The scene of Fiona chasing Cake from Fiona Campbell is seen again and reveals what Fiona was up to after Cake jumped into the Portland. These are not great trivia. No, this is just saying what happened in the episode. Yeah, I'm going to take a look. Hold on. All right. So that's it. That's wow. All we got. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, we didn't do predictions yet, but now we have a list of all the upcoming episode titles. <laughs> so I'm thinking at the end of this episode, we should do a prediction for episode five. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fine. That's on you. Okay. (laughs) Even though neither of us has seen it. (laughs) It's still your thing. Okay, okay. We'll do it next episode. So any final thoughts on Cake the Cat? Love this episode. Me too. Love it. I have zero problems with this episode. I've really enjoyed it. World building. You know how I feel about that. Yep, absolutely. And when we were talking about this, it it was like, this is a, Uppetry was not like, like a classic episode, right? Yeah. In our minds, it is because we love it so much. Yeah, it's just a personal favorite of ours. Right. I think that Adam Muto listens to this podcast and he's like, you know what? Amy and Matt, we're going to write an episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just love how it it just it just really ties the two worlds together in a way that didn't feel cohesive last episode, that last episode's. Mainly because I haven't seen all of it, um, all of the series. And so I'm sure, like, I would feel differently if I had. But yeah, what about you, Matt? Yeah, I, I thought this episode was an absolute delight from start to finish. Uh, I, I'm, i um, again, really enjoying watching the evolution of the characters of Fiona and Cake and yeah. seeing them become the heroes that you know them to be. Yeah. So it's almost like an origin story for them. And I really, I appreciate that, uh, totally. that angle. Totally. Yeah. And we even see them even more, like their evolution in the next episode yep absolutely which is like probably my favorite moment of that episode yeah oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah it totally is it totally is all right let's do it let's do it so the next episode is prismo the wishmaster wishmaster and and before we get to this uh prismo's voice has been recast um there is a whole hoopla uh with kamal nanjini and he posted he like slammed uh muto on twitter saying yeah that's not me he's like i would have loved to have voiced prismo again he's one of my absolute favorite characters i've ever had the honor of playing he's close to my heart unfortunately and they never asked me to come back and voice him again i would have done it for free and then adam muto responded and be like bro we totally would have loved to have you back, but our casting people reached out to your reps and they like passed on it. 
And then Nanjini was like, holy heck, they didn't tell me. He's like, I'm so sorry. And I'll be talking to my reps. Can you tell me? Um, and like ask for it. And he's like, congratulations on premiere and all this stuff. So a lot of wow. like craziness happened. And like, that's, just, it, oh, I just feel bad for, for him. But yeah. uh, so Sean Rahani was cast as Prismo. Yeah. So yeah. different voice. I was kind of bummed that uh, Nanjini isn't back. But, yeah, you know. but like, I, I hope that people don't hate on uh, this new actor. Yeah. Sorry. What's his name? Sha again? Sean Rahani. Sean Rahani. Because, you know, it, it was just recasting and. Yeah. Um, They're going to get somebody. And I feel like, you know, considering this guy does a good job of the yeah. voice. Like uh, you get like hints of Kumal's original Prisma voice, but also kind of its own thing, too. Yeah. So I, th I thought he did a pretty good job. But yeah, yeah, I would like to see Kumal back in the role at some point. Yeah, me too. So this episode gets a 9.4 on Imdaba. It is number four in the season, directed by Steve Wolfhard. Oh, written, wow. Yeah. Story written and storyboarded by Iggy Craig, Graham Falk, Jim Campbell, and Lusoila Lange. Original air date on September 7th. And the title card is Prismo the Wishmaster, written oh in gosh. like computery <laughs> letters <laughs> with an image of Prismo in the background on like a... There's like this bounty hunter in this episode, yeah. Who has like this little digital screen that shows like all the different like offenders, and yeah. Prismo is on one of those screens for a violation. Yes, for a violation. Yep, yep, yep. So we start this episode in the drift, and there's a mysterious customer in this restaurant drinking tea. The owner tells the customer that they're about to close, but the customer promises they won't be long. And after swirling his teacup, finishes his tea. He says that this might has might have been the most delicious tea he'd ever tasted. He says he almost understands why the owner abandoned his post for the quaint life and calls him Kyra Siphon. Kyra Siphon. Kyra Siphon. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. <laughs> Causing the owner to turn into a flame being and the customer turns into the mysterious scarab. Yeah, so this opening scene I thought was really engaging. I was like, I don't quite know what's happening here, but I like this kind of mystery unfolding. Yeah. And also, so I just had to look up. So it, ref it references the drift a lot in this episode, and I I didn't quite remember that the name from the original series, so I just mm -hmm. clicked on the links, and it says the drift is a large space station with a gathering of multiple alien species. Oh. Living on it both prior and after humans, led by Hugo, took to it after the Mushroom War. Um, oh. It appeared in the episode Bemo and Prismo the Wishmaster. <laughs> I, I can't say Wishmaster. I can't. Every time I read Wishmaster, I always think like dorky. <laughs> so Kyra Siphon says that he's not going back because he didn't like sacred flames. He likes tea. <laughs> uh, Scarab subdues him before checking to see who's next on his list of fugitives. He flips through several options, including Martin Mertens, and is pleased to see Prismo listed as Violation. In the time room, a depressed Prismo, a very depressed Prismo, is hanging out in his hot tub as his remote continues to beep. And like he's he's committing the worst, grossest offense to me. And it's like food sitting in like a <laughs> <Water>. tub. <laughs> There's <laughs> so like beer gross. cans and all those stuff. Yep. I just want to make a comment. Martin Mertens is in there and he's like flicking off whoever's taking the picture. And it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. So, you know... The last couple episodes, we, we saw that like it's a little more violent than Adventure Time, like because you yeah. know again they're going for more adult audience with with the show. This episode, I feel like, is the one that it's like okay, this is definitely written for adults because yeah. you get stuff like Martin flipping off, and then you got like, multiple uh, occasions of people swearing in this one. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, Wyatt, who is in the time, what do you call it, cube? Yeah. Okay, the time cube, uh, Wyatt, as you recall, is TT's ex-hubby, explains that the beeping is preventing him from concentrating on his wish, eventually wishing that it would be quiet enough for him to think. Unfortunately, Prismo immediately grants the wish, transporting Wyatt into a silent film world where Tree Trunks is a bank robber being chased by Princess Bubblegum, and Wyatt is tied to the train tracks about to be run over. He is saved at the last minute by Peppermint Butler, but the train pokes him enough that he passes gas. <laughs> God, I missed that part. <laughs> the, 
causing everyone to laugh at him, and he silently curses out Prismo. This scene was buck wild. It is and I was so not good. For it. it was so good. It was like old timey, kind of like, like think of Steamboat Willie, kind exactly. of like 1920s or yeah. whatever animation. Oh, so good, so so good. Yeah. If you want, I mean. It, it, watch this episode just for that. Like it, it is great. The steamboat or tugboat? Steamboat Willie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hilarious. I bet there's a clip of this on YouTube by now. So Prismo finally checks out what the beeping is, learning it is an apparent crossover in the main timeline. Ooh, puzzled, <laughs> he searches through only to find his to his shock that it's Fiona and Cake. He immediately teleports the two into the time room, and it's like they get teleported like right from the end of that last episode. Yeah but is left confused by their strange appearance, which he promptly rectifies by removing Cake's uh, translator and changing both her and Fiona into their appearances from Ice King's fan fiction. So now we're seeing them in, like, Fiona and Cake Prime. Like, yeah. this is the characters that we know from, from the I old think episodes. this was my favorite part of the entire episode. And yep. just this little, it was, like, what, 30 seconds, maybe? And he's like, mm, Cake, you're not right. And so he, like, he, like, snaps his fingers and... You know, the thing comes off and, you know, change into, like, the, you know... The uh, iconic look. The iconic, stretchy, manipulate, you know, able to do all the things. Um, Which is crazy because Cake is like, oh my gosh, I can stretch. And it's, like, amazing because they don't... They're not familiar with, you know, this fan fiction version of themselves. Yeah. And then Fiona... Oh my gosh. When they switch out of the... what What was she? The bus... Yeah, like her work uniform. Yeah, the work uniform into the classic Fiona. It was like, ah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it, it's got more more powerful moment almost than I think yeah. they intended. It's it's kind of like when you see um in like Wonder Woman when she first walks out and she's wearing the Wonder Woman outfit for the yeah. first time in the movie, or like um oh, when Superman when puts on his his yeah, outfit for the first yeah. time, it's like, oh okay, this is the character. Like they're coming into their own here. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I got chills thinking of the Wonder Woman at the No Man's Land. Oh, that scene's amazing. <sighs> anyway, okay. Oh. Prisma ponders how Fiona and Kate got into Ooh and goes to check Simon's mind, only to find he cannot access it. He teleports. <laughs> 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 he teleports Simon, who is in the middle of a shower, into the time room after he's always naked, and he gives him some clothes. And these clothes are not just any clothes; they're the Ice King blue poncho yeah, yeah. that he wears. <laughs> they call it like a muumuu at some point. Yeah. Prismo interrogates Simon over how Fiona and Kate got into Ooh, eventually determining Simon was trying to summon Betty. Simon complains that he should be allowed to try after Prismo himself previously failed, but Prismo, Prismo scolds him nonetheless. Yeah, and you can tell uh, Simon's a little salty here about how Prismo failed him. Yeah, and, and I think this is where there's a couple points in this episode where I think that there could be some spoiling of what happens at the end. But for me, having never seen them, I have no frame of reference. And so I'm just like, well, okay, I guess that's a thing. Like, you know, I don't know. So if you're watching this and you're worried about spoilers I, and you've never watched all of Adventure Time, I think you're safe. Yeah, especially knowing like a lot of these references correlate with like big, like long threads of plot from the original series mm-hmm. too. So it's like just seeing these images, it's like, okay, well, I don't know how they got there or what this means. or this. Totally, totally. Oh. There's no context around them. So you're like, well, a thing is happening. I think as I see the original, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't think... So if you're worried about spoilers, nah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, too, where it's like the end of that show was not as much the destination as it was the journey there. Oh, Kind of like um, Lord of the Rings. And that's why I can excuse the eagles not showing up to help Frodo and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the journey. <laughs> so if you want to take the man to know... Who he is. Why Pris- you got to introduce such like controversy into our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I always hear that argument. Like uh, my buddy Alex is like, oh, I, can't, I, just, I, I can't get past the idea that like these eagles show up at the end to help out. But they couldn't have just flown Frodo and Sam to the mountain to Mount Doom at the beginning. <laughs> well, I, I bet there's reasons. I bet that somebody somebody emails and let us know. And then also there was something about like, like a mouse could have carried the ring. Because they aren't like impacted by it or something, and like 
Like then Frodo wouldn't have to be like burdened with the ring. Yeah, how's a mouse going to know to get the Mountain Dew? Yeah. <laughs> well, they would, like, they would lead it or they would hold the mouse who's holding the ring. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Well, I think even just being in the presence of the ring drives people crazy though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sean Beam's character. Yeah. Yeah. He's a- it is a gift. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Okay. I, All right. Let's get back to Adventure Time. We're going to okay, okay. We're, we're, we're getting to... We could spend a whole podcast on that, which we won't, Matthew. No, we won't. But we could. <laughs> so, if you're okay, demand to know who he is. Uh, Prismo explains that he's the Wishmaster, tasked uh... with granting wishes, but sometimes his wishes create other realities like Farm World, a funny-shaped multiverse, the marvelous misadventures of Flapjack, which wasn't caused by a wish. He's like, that was something that already existed because it was a TV show. Uh, the Grotto universe, and Ooh, which he calls his favorite. He admits at one point that he got tired of just fulfilling other people's wishes and decided to try creating something for himself, creating the characters of Fiona and Cake. So someone wished the land of Ooh? Apparently. Huh. Yeah, interesting, right? Uh, yeah, I, I thought about that too. I was like, huh, okay, so, all right. Maybe that's something they'll get into in a future Adventure Time property. Maybe. Realizing he had simply copied Finn and Jake and Ooh, he's like, wait, did I just... Copy Finn and Jake. Yeah. <laughs> he led, he learned, uh, leaned into it and th- and had them go on adventures with similar characters like Marshall Lee and Prince Gumball. Fiona and Cake questioned why their world is now boring. Prisma realizes what happened because it was illegal for him to create an alternative universe. <laughs> universe. <laughs> universe. <laughs> he hid Fiona and Cake's universe where no one can find it, that being in Ice King's heads, hence the creation of the fan fiction yeah which um so my theory was always that knowing that Fiona and cake are real it's because ice king with like his crazy wizard brain was somehow able to tap into that like reality mm-hmm. and he thought it was his imagination but i was wrong yeah i mean well we didn't know yeah this is like new information and then it is funny how they show how it happened person's like hey <laughs> you cool if i store the thing there and ice king's like Sure. <laughs> well, whatever you wanted there. Yeah. And then, like you see like this laser going to his eye and they go. Oh. <laughs> it was fun seeing classic Ice King for a second there. Uh, however, because Ice King was cured, that caused Fiona and Cake's world to lose all of its magic, and Prismo was unable to get back into Simon's mind to continue affecting the world. Simon is surprised to learn that uh, they were real the whole time and his angry Prismo used him in such a way. Prismo assumes they will be fine so long as no one knows only for Scarab to come knocking at the door. <laughs> Suddenly fearful, Prismo divides himself into two beings, one that escorts Fiona and Cake and Simon to the exit, while the other distracts Scarab. Scarab inquires why Prismo ignored his universal breach alarm twice, with Prismo unconvincingly claiming he needed to change the batteries. As Fiona complains she and Cake just want to get back to Ooh, Prismo explains that Scarab is a god auditor, meaning that they could all get into serious trouble if Scarab finds out about them. Oh, that was, oh yeah, I was wrong. So I thought Scarab was like a bounty hunter. I thought he was too. Yeah. Comes and, across like one. Yeah. Reminds me of Scorcher from the yeah. one episode, the Hitman oh, episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I think um, Scarab is a pretty cool character. Mm-hmm. So they pass through the time core where Prismo explains the concept of the multiverse with the web of different universes. However, because Fiona and Cake's universe is unauthorized, it is way off the map and its mere existence could have dangerous effects on other realities. They finally arrive at their destination, the room holding old man Prismo. As it turns out, Prismo wants to force Simon to reopen the portal so they can put Fiona and Cake back into their universe. Um, oh, wait. I'll say it later. Yeah, you know, the multiverse stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, me too. Fiona and Cake make a run for it while Scarab finds out about them due to Prismo messing up who he's talking to. Scarab sees an opportunity in learning of Prismo's misconduct, pledging to turn in the rogue universe and become Wishmaster instead. Fiona and Cake's escape proves futile as they end up back in the same room as before, just as Scarab, Scarab breaks in, promising to turn in Prismo. Destroy the rogue universe and Fiona and Cake with it. Prismo elects to help Fiona and Cake, giving them the time remote and telling them and Simon to run as he holds off Scarab. Despite initial reluctance, which is putting it mildly, Simon's been a Debbie Downer. <laughs> he literally time. was like, Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? I'm, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. So Simon ultimately agrees to come with Fiona and Cake and they escape. Uh, I actually, it's, it's a really nice moment where like Fiona holds out her hand for Simon. Yeah. Yep. Like, we need you, buddy. Yeah. And they escape. Uh, they arrive in a cornfield in a different universe. Fiona and Cake suggest just hitting uh, buttons to go back to Ooh, but Simon's like, well, no, because you don't know where you're going to go. We could just go right back to the time room. Yeah. 
So noticing his old Ice King garb, Simon tells Fiona Cake that he knows how to protect them from the scarab, bring back magic to the world, and make it last forever. He has to become Ice King again. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So what are your initial thoughts on this one? Oh, I liked it a lot. Um, I think, so there are parts of it that... Right now, it's really trendy to go down to the multiverse well. Yeah. I, yeah. I, as soon as I heard multiverse, I was like, ah. <laughs> Yeah. I was kind of annoyed by that. Um, yeah. I was like, mm, I think like multiverse is where you go when, I don't want to say running out of ideas, but it just becomes such a thing between like now DC, of course, Marvel with all like the Marvel TV shows and alternate yeah. timelines and all that stuff. And it just, it, it, it risks becoming convoluted. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and I... I get it, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know. I did, uh, so there's a couple points in this episode. There are some real gems that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Seeing Fiona and Cake turned into their their thing. And then also, at one point, she's like, oh, this skirt. And that is something that's always bothered me, how short her skirt is. Yeah. Because she's supposed to be this kick-ass, like, adventurer, and she's supposed to do it in a miniskirt, question mark? Yeah. I mean, what is she, Sailor Moon? <laughs> like, you know, like, come on. So, Prisma changes it into shorts, and I thought that was freaking yeah, rad. Yeah, I, like, I love the addition of shorts. Like, okay, that's that's more fitting for an adventurer slash yeah. fighter. Like, yeah. I, I loved it. That made me so, so happy. She made cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them back. pockets. Bring them back. <laughs> Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Wyatt's getting some oh, attention to the show. Like, oh my gosh, a, a sad little character. That's so funny. Oh, uh, Wyatt. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how Prismo can split himself into multiple parts. To you know, like I, I thought it was really interesting, but I don't like the oh, let's get rid of Scarab or let's you know, distract like that. The distract. I think the writing was really poor with that. Like, I think they could have done something more clever. Yeah, I, I like this episode overall. Yeah, but um, I don't know what it was about it that I like. I wasn't like crazy about it. I, I think I might just need to watch it a second time because this one is introduced. This one introduced a lot of ideas. Sure. That I was like, okay, there's a lot going on here, and yeah. like it's it's really building up the whole universe here, multiverse. It, it was kind of an exposition episode. It was, and but there's also a number of funny quips. They had some good, you know, good like um, where he's like explaining the multiverse. He's like compares it to a camp counselor relationship chart, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. A callback to the pickles where he has like a whole room of Prismo's artisanal pickles. You know, uh, I did think it was funny how at one point Fiona tries to beat up Prismo, but she like, but he's like projected like, on the wall. So she's just like stomping on the yeah, floor. And, <laughs> and there's like nothing is happening. Yeah, that was but, great. that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole like Ice King, he's like, um, sure, magic flashlight, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then Prism was like, you're like a big nutty hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of naked Simon in this one between like the shower. Simon. And at some point, he's like flipped upside down and like his. Yeah. Robe his, comes up. <laughs> yeah. You see his booty. It's just, it, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great things. There's a lot of kind of exposition. There's also some. Stuff that you're just like, eh, this isn't for me. But overall, I-, I think this episode creates a foundation that we need to move forward with the series. Yeah, absolutely. We've um, had the backstory. I'm so excited to go forward. Yeah, we've had the backstory. We've had the introduction to Ooh. We have the foundation of, of how they came to be. And now where do we go from here? It's like the plot is now like thickening if you will yeah we're at what so this is episode four we're just about the midpoint of yeah. the series i for as much as it already happened where are they gonna go from here like that's crazy yeah with three hours still of a fiona and cake yep I, i'm excited to see where it goes i'm 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 really digging the show so far mm-hmm. uh, i i do wonder because it, it's been very popular i wonder if they're going to stretch it beyond the 10 episode treatment yeah maybe maybe what about you? What did you like? What didn't you like? I really enjoyed the the new characters that they introduced in this one. I liked uh, Kyra Siphon and Garib. Scarab. I thought they were both really cool characters. Prismo, uh, again, like it was cool seeing like where this character is now compared to where we left off with them. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer seeing Prismo so disenchanted with his job at this point. Yeah. Uh, it was a really interesting choice to make him the creator of Fiona and Cake. I, I guess they needed some way to explain that, right? Like why they exist. Well, yeah, So, and also, like, I think we made the assumption that their world is 
Earth. Mm-hmm. But, but it, I guess it's it actually wasn't, there? right? Like it's gender bent. Ooh, but then it lost all its magic. Yeah, yeah. And there we go. I, I thought it was Seattle at episode one. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, the Space Needle. <laughs> no, and so I just find it all very fascinating. And the way they explain it, I think it, it can make sense for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed this. I like again, like there's nothing I really didn't like about this one. Yeah, the whole multiverse thing I think is played out in movies and TV right now. Mm-hmm. But the way they're handling it, I think so far seems pretty good. Yeah. What was your favorite line? My favorite line was, "I don't like sacred flames. I like tea." That was really funny. Cairo Siphon. Uh, what's your favorite line? It's like a video game, and we're getting upgrades for beating those weirdos. Yeah. yeah. It, so that's what she says when they get, tra- you know, transformed. And then she's like, well, I just wanted, like, superpowers. And she's like, well, try doing this. Try doing that. It was really cute. Yeah. She's like, try flying. Finn was running around trying to fly. Yeah. So that was, like, I know, like, her and Finn have, like, their own separate identities at, mm-hmm. at this point, especially. But she has these little moments that remind me of Finn, like that. And, like, when she's trying to stomp on Prismo. And doesn't know how to fight him. Yeah, yeah. Like that seems like a fin a fin move too. Totally, totally. Uh, do you want to give me an impression of a character? Yeah. Shit, did I just copy Finn and Jake? Yeah, <laughs> that I was Prismo. Prismo <laughs> realizes he just completely ripped off it. <laughs> it was awesome. Yep. Really cool. He's like, hmm, cats. I like cats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about you? I was never invited to parties. Why does he <laughs> sound like? Keith David? Yeah. It sounds like Keith David now. <laughs> I don't like koalas anymore. <laughs> All right, we got some triv. Good, good. It's trivia time. So the holographic wanted list coming from Scarab's uh, crystal collector device includes Cura Siphon, which was neutralized, Voidcaster, which was neutralized, Cage Dude, who had a violation, M. Merton's desertion, Oscillator, neutralized, uh, bug and Burt Ball misbehavior. Misbehavior. That's great. Canaria wanted for questioning and then Prismo violation. Nice. I would love to see like Sir Slicer in there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't, I, that's, so like with all like the uh, deep cut like callbacks at the show and Distant Lands did, I'm surprised we never got any Sir Slicer. I know, right? So this is Prismo's first major appearance since the original series episode crossover. In addition, Prismo was recast with Sean Rahani as of this episode. Uh, it's revealed that Prismo can make multiple copies of himself, as we mentioned, in order to be different places at once. Yeah. So a flashback to the grand opening of Candy Orphanage can be seen in one of the channels and the TV wall. We also saw Lemon Grab trying to, like, make a Lemon Camel drink water from a cup. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, kicks him <laughs> in the stomach. Oh, yeah, that's, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Great little uh, Lemon Grab cameo. Yeah. This marks the first time Fiona and Cake see Finn and Jake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because they watch it on the video. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're aware of their existence now. Yeah. That's cool. So it is revealed that Susan and Frida ultimately ended up in Ooh after leaving the human islands. The characters of Sammy and Normulan. Normulan? Normulan? Normulan were referenced to the Cheers character, Sam and Norm. Oh, duh. <laughs> so much Cheers. <laughs> there is so many Cheers. The black and white universe, why it got sent into is reminiscent of 1920s vintage silent cartoons. There's a lot of trivia on this yeah. episode. Uh, this episode reveals the drift from BMO is still operating decades after Hugo sabotaged the space station. BMO. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a uh, Distant Lands episode. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, the extended parts of the room that Finn and Jake entered to bring Prismo back to life in is that you is seen again. The artisanal pickle jar from Jake the dog is seen again, revealing Prismo has a whole special room for them in his time room. Aw. It is revealed that the red beam from the end of Fiona and Cake and Fiona episode was actually Prismo using Ice King's mind to hide Fiona and Cake's universe. Prismo's boss is once again mentioned in this episode. Prismo first mentioned his boss and Finn and Jake in crossover. Yeah. All right. Wow, that was a lot of information. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Great episode. Any last thoughts about this episode? Yeah, I, again, enjoyed this one overall. I think uh, coming off of episode three, that was I think that one's going to be hard to be just as far as like that one had a lot of good story in it, but also was really fun and engaging all the way through. There was just everything that was happening was so interesting. Yeah. Uh, this one, I do feel like was heavy in exposition where it needed to be. It's about that midpoint in the in the series. Yeah. So. We need to know where it's going from here. Like what the big picture is. 
just not my favorite so far, but no real major problems with it. How about you? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought there was a lot of, you know, we, we got a lot of foundational stuff that we needed to move forward with the episode or series. I love just how it kind of buttoned up a couple different things that I felt were like loose or un, like unanswered things. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, but I, I really like this episode BD. Nice. Yeah. All right. Prediction for the next episode? Yeah. <laughs> I should actually look up the name real quick. Yeah, you should. What's your prediction for the next episode based on the title? Destiny. Oh, my goodness. Destiny. Okay. So Fiona, Kate, and Simon are all, like, hanging out, and they're trying to think of a plan. Simon, because he's a super smarty guy, he's trying to figure out, like, what to do next, and knowing that he has to turn to Ice King again. So they partner up with Finn and Jake to find where the Ice King's crown ended up and have to go on an adventure to find their destiny. <laughs> I love it. That was it's, so crappy. I was in IMDb looking at the actual synopsis for that episode as you were saying that. Yeah. And it's like, well, this episode hasn't aired yet. Can we recommend Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh, my gosh. Oh <laughs> All right. Gosh. Matt? Yes? We made it. We, we finished it. these two episodes. Yep. That was freaking rad. It was rad. I, yeah. I really enjoyed talking about these ones. And... Uh, the next episode airs tomorrow, so <laughs> we got some, we got a little more recording to do that's soon. That's right, that's right. If you want to reach us, you can always give us a call and leave a voicemail at 216-260-GLOB yeah. or 216-260-4562. Do it! <laughs> and we'll play it on the air. You can reach us on the socials at oh my God Podcast on Insta's oh my God Pod, or email us at ohmygodpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, do it. Thank you for listening today. We love you guys. Hey, keep up the awesomeness that is the Shmauzow. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.